Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I am your host, Phil Shiroki, and today we will conclude our look at our adversary, also known as Satan, Lucifer, the devil. Some people say that the Bible is a storybook. They say that what I speak about is nothing more than just, you know, fables, tales, you know. Um, I call it a very right and just explanation and a true account of human history starting from the Garden of Eden and the creation of man. And it goes all the way through until the final revelation of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon, and the eventual passing away of this earth and this heaven, and God's renewal of the earth and heaven. Um, it's There's no comfort I take necessarily in describing some of these things or talking about them. And um, there, it's pretty sobering to realize that a lot of the events that are described in the Bible have come to pass. Prophetic events that were, well, for example, Jesus, things were prophesied about him from the beginning of time. And then very specific things were prophesied about him six to seven hundred years before he actually arrived on earth. And, excuse me, then there are the events that are foretold in the book of Revelation about the end times and end days. And there are certain markers, we call them, on the prophetic calendar that have happened and are happening right now before our eyes. Now, it's up to the person whether they choose to open their eyes and recognize these things or if they want to close their eyes and stick their head in the sand and willfully ignore them until the things that are described and that we have been warning you about for many, many centuries come to pass and are right in your face. And by that time, I guarantee you, it'll be too late to actually even think about any type of... (laughs) Well, I do believe people will have repentance up until it's all said and done. So I don't want to say it's never too late. But one of the events we're going to look at today will be the Great White Throne Judgment, in which everyone is called before God, mainly unbelievers. And they are held to account for their lives and for the choices they made in this life. So without any further ado... Let's conclude our look at the final part of our look at the adversary, Lucifer, Satan, the devil. And this is just basically the purpose of this is so that we know our enemy so that we can have victory and conquer all the things that come along with the hardships of life. And thankfully, the victory is not ours. It's already been accomplished through the sacrifice and the bloodshed of Jesus Christ on the cross. Alrighty, 
So we are going to start and end our look and conclude this look at knowing our enemy. In Revelation chapter 20, we began with kind of looking at the interaction between Satan and the Lord in the book of Job. And then we looked at the very first mention of Satan as the serpent, the original tempter in the Garden of Eden. And um, we went and looked through different sections and verses of Revelation. We were in Ezekiel. We were in Isaiah where they describe basically Satan pre-fall, what made him fall, what made him rebel against God. And now we are going to, again, conclude with what happens to Satan after all is said and done. Where does this, where, where is all this going, basically? You know, <clears throat> excuse me, every, um, every event, everything goes on sort of a bell curve, if you will. This isn't exactly a bell curve, but everything has a start, a middle, and an end. And that is exactly what the Bible gives us. Genesis starts with the creation of us. Kind of, we have a look at human history throughout the Bible, throughout both God's people. At first, in the Old Testament, God's interaction, his redemption of his people the Israelites, the Jewish people. And then we look at how God opened up that redemption to all of humanity through the death and resurrection and the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. And now we are going to look at the conclusion of this earth and of Satan, the one who rebelled against God, who caused all of the darkness, the sickness, the corruption that we see in this current world that we live in. And um, again, we are going to start in Revelation. We are going to look in chapter 20, starting at verse 1 through 10. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. 
Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So we're going to look at the notes now for, again, Revelation chapter 20, starting with the notes for verse 1 to 3. The devil, who empowered the beast and the false prophet, shares their doom. In the first stage of his judgment, he is bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. Whatever one's interpretation of the millennium, the central truth of the defeat of Satan in stages remains the same. The purpose of the binding of the devil is that he should deceive the nations no more. From the time of Jesus' first advent and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it has no longer been possible for Satan to keep the peoples of the world in darkness without contest, as disciples proclaim the gospel to all the nations. Dispensational interpretation. An angel coming down from heaven, laid hold of the dragon, signifies that Satan is uniquely at work on earth after the events of chapter 12, verse 9. He is bound for the length of the millennium in order that Christ might establish divine authority. Now looking at the notes for Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 to 6. The plural thrones is used only four times in Revelation, and those seated on them are always the 24 elders. Judgment was committed to them as representatives of the church in heaven and on earth. Souls, the vision of the time before the final resurrection, beheaded is, a symb is symbolic of all martyrs. Dispensational interpretation for that section. The first resurrection includes the resurrection of one, Jesus Christ, two, many dead saints of Old Testament times, see Matthew 27, verses 52-53. The dead saints of the church, the rapture of the living saints, see 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, and 5 those who are martyred for their testimony during the Great Tribulation. So, again, the first resurrection encompasses five separate groups. Jesus being, of course, the great first fruits of that resurrection, who has already resurrected and is seated right now at the right hand of God. And then will be the Old Testament saints. 
the dead saints of the church, which are all of us that will, or I shouldn't say myself, because I could be raptured along with the rest of the church who we'll see in group four, but the people who have died since Jesus died and resurrected and offered salvation, all of those who are buried now, who are currently buried, will be resurrected at that time. Then the rapture of the living saints, which that has not happened yet. So I am still alive. I am a living saint, believe it or not. <laughs> According to the biblical definition, I know some of you may know me and say that's a blasphemy for me to call myself a saint. But a saint is, is simply someone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and is full of the Holy Spirit. Again, Thankfully, none of this is done through my own works, through anything I could ever do. That's the beautiful thing about Christ, about God, is the fact that this is a free gift of salvation. And once we accept that gift, we are called saints of God. And then that fifth group are those who are martyred for their testimony during the Great Tribulation. That's laid out there again in verse 4. So, it's pretty incredible. I mean, there's going to be, even when, I don't understand this, but it says in, during that tribulation time, it's believed that, you know, the Holy Spirit could be taken out of the earth, the, the helper, quote unquote, yet there will still be people that will be converted and believe in Christ. I have my own theories about who those people will be, but we will wait and see. I won't really expand on that right now. We are going to look now at the wrote, the, the notes for Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 through 10. Satan's desire is to hasten the day of the battle in order to frustrate God's purpose by limiting the scope of his salvation. But he is bound until God sovereignly determines to release him. He then will make one last effort to destroy Christ and his people. Four Corners connotes worldwide. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, Gog is the prince of the land of Magog. They represent rulers and their peoples who ally with Satan in rebellion against God. The camp of the saints is the beloved city or the new Jerusalem, the residence of the saints. There is no military battle. This is spiritual warfare, and the enemy cannot withstand the overwhelming power of God. Awesomely, if you notice there, <laughs> in verse um, in verse 9 of chapter 20 of Revelation, it says the people that are foolish enough to actually take up arms against God, it says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's it. God just basically says, all right, you're done. Boom. And that's it. That's the power of God. Look, there's a reason why we're told to have a reverence or fear of God, the one who can destroy not only the body, but the soul as well. Although I fur the furthest thing I can say is I do not walk around in fear, thankfully. It's a healthy reverence, the same way you have a healthy reverence for your father, your earthly father, if he's a good father, an example, 
end the same way you have a reverence for the law or things that can put you into prison. You don't do them out of a respect for the fact that you fear (laughs) your freedom being taken away from you. So there's nothing wrong with having that healthy fear. There's nothing, you know, there's no um, evil in that necessarily. So, and then looking here at the dispensational interpretation of, again, Revelation chapters 7 through 10, at the end of the thousand years, Satan will be released in the earth again to deceive. It appears that many who submitted to Christ's rule during the millennium did so without inter inner commitment to his lordship. The final deception of Satan separates these from those who have sincerely submitted. This is the last insurrection that the Lord will tolerate. Satan will next be cast into the lake of fire and tormented forever. So, my point in reading that section and concluding this look at Satan, our adversary, is to show that eventually he is cast into the lake of fire along with all of the unbelievers as well as his false prophet and the beast, the Antichrist, and will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So again, if you think, if you're deceived and for some reason think it's cool to worship Satan, or if you think Satan doesn't exist, one of my favorite lines from one of my old favorite movies until I found out what a scumbag Kevin Spacey is, is the, <laughs> the, the usual suspects when he says the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. So if you're walking around thinking your atheistic view of the fact that there's no spiritual realm, the fact that the Bible's just a storybook, and that you're in control of your own life, that's a very foolish, foolish way and naive way to walk through life. Because at this point, too, with, again, all of the prophetic markers that have been fulfilled and are being fulfilled in front of our very eyes— There's no denying the reality of a spiritual realm. There's no denying the reality that there's a lot of 100% truth in the word of God and the Bible. And at this point, there is no excuse except you consciously rebelling and writing off the word of God. Because like Satan and his foolish adversaries... You are just basically waiting it out and getting in as much as you can now before that final judgment. And we're going to finish up with Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, where it discusses the great white throne judgment. And let me quickly note there, I don't mean to call Kevin Spacey a scumbag. Look, the guy was one of my favorite actors up until I found out recently, you know, just his just very disappointing actions in the past. Um, you know, it really just made me sad. He was one again, one of my favorite actors. And to find out those things that he had done in his past and those lifestyles that he's caught up in, he's just a very seedy character. I pray that he comes to know the Lord and is saved 
and is set free of those things and can live out a productive, godly life someday. I don't mean to be judgmental. That's very um, wrong of me. But, you know, again, one of my favorite movies. I can't watch any of those movies anymore, especially The Usual Suspects, which... Again, I mean, it's not a norm. It's not a movie I normally watch at this point, anyway, just because of a lot of the content of the movie. But it's one of my favorite movies. I mean, it it just it, it's a great crime story. It's a great, um, very entertaining movie, and he plays a vital role in that movie. And um, it's just again kind of a shame. I can't can't really enjoy any of the guy's work anymore. American Beauty was another one of my favorite movies. And he also plays a vital role in that. Um, again, two movies that I typically wouldn't watch at this point because of the content, because of just the trying to keep my mind more pure and holy and, and sanctified as opposed to just watching the filth of the world and Hollywood. But I will say that I truly, I'm, I don't mean to call him any names. I don't mean to be judgmental. I have been in the pits of despair in my own life at points. So again, I never point a finger. I, I try not to ever look at the, you know, the splinters in others' eyes while I have planks in my own. So I do not try to be judgmental or harsh towards anyone, but I pray for Kevin Spacey and hope that he does come to a realization and know the Lord, because like we're going to see here, those who do not, those who think Satan's cool for some reason, those who want to willfully and blindly walk through life, pretending like there is no spiritual realm or afterlife, I highly caution you to listen to Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. By the things which were written in the books, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Looking at the notes for, again, we're looking at Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. History has ended. The only final judgment is left to complete the drama of redemption. The final judgment is concerned with the spiritually dead, not the saints. The book of life was opened to reveal that the names of the dead do not appear in it. The last enemy to be destroyed is Hades and death, the temporary abode of the dead until the final judgment. They are ultimately as powerless as the other forces of evil. And the dispensational interpretation there, 
This judgment closes the millennial period and opens the age to come. It is the greatest of all judgments because it encompasses all the wicked from the beginning of man's history. Jesus Christ is the one sitting on the great white throne, fulfilling John chapter 5 verse 22. Those who are judged are lost because they refused God's salvation in Christ by grace through faith. Their doom is the second death. So I'm going to end there. And as you can see, the ultimate fate of man who chooses his own way and his unbelief and rebels against God is also the very same fate shared by the wicked one who is our adversary. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is known as the devil, Lucifer, Satan, whatever you want to call him. I'd highly encourage you, give your life to Jesus Christ let him fill you with his Holy Spirit and experience life like you've never had it before. <laughs> God offers us a life more abundant and the fellowship you have to be able to turn to the true and living God and creator of all you see around you. It is, it, it is the best life you could ever ask for. Trust me, we have these ridiculous saying of living your best life it that is the only best life you want to live trust me because any other life out in this world will always leave you empty and wanting more and lead you down darker and darker paths but put your faith in the lord jesus christ he will introduce you to the light of life and show you what life is truly about. So God bless. Have a great day.